I thank you for listening to Moment of Truth. I am Bishop Talbert. And I am Siobhan Queen B. Well, this episode here was about, um, we read our book, Misguided Mary. We continue reading, you know, the book, Misguided Mary, is about a young lady who deals with a lot of things, um, from drug use to to being abandoned, um, prostitution. She deals with a lot of things. You know, her faith is, is constantly tested, but she eventually turns it around and, you know, and, and goes on the straight and narrow and, you know, relies on the Lord for all of her strength and not relying on, on man, which so many people do nowadays. You know, you're constantly feeling like that you have to appease certain people that you may have known your whole life and doing things that people before you have done, you know, whether it be older siblings or older friends that have went through life, you know, that's a lot of things similar that Mary was dealing with. Constantly, you know, is battling that, but she eventually turns her life around and she continues um, going the way that she was taught to to believe in our Heavenly Father. Our message comes from um, the book of John, where Jesus Christ, um, where the Lord um, gave the world Jesus Christ after, you know, after a very long time of of man not being able to um, honor the law. So he gave us Jesus Christ so that we will be saved by grace. Um, my lovely wife, she delivered a wonderful message, very powerful in the church and the congregation. You know, everyone loved it. You know, she, she broke it down with the, with the water and the wine. You know, I just hope you all enjoy it. I want you to check it out. It's um, John, I believe, the second chapter. And also, um, if you are interested in, in being a sponsor on the show where we can sit down with you and figure out a budget and you can advertise with us, um, you can get with us um, anytime. Visit our website at uh, talbert99district.weebly.com. Also have other opportunities for interviews. If you have someone or you would like to share your story, your story of inspiration, you know, how you overcame sin and how you overcame um, any bad habits you may have had. You know, we, we, we love to spotlight the good in the world, not necessarily, you know, as other news outlets and media outlets, how they, they tend to just focus on the negative. You know, that's not what we're about. We're about the truth. You know, sometimes the truth is hard to stomach, but um, the truth is, is what we need to to better ourselves to get closer to our heavenly father you know you can't sugarcoat it you know that's one thing we don't do we can't sit up here and you know just speak of all the good things you know you got to know that you know that you're going to constantly be tried by satan you know whenever at your weakest moment at your strongest moment every moment that's why we must keep that constant um conversation that constant dialogue with our heavenly father at all times, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's your season um, for things to go right. Well, I don't, we don't believe that way. It's always your season to do right by the our Heavenly Father. You have to wait. You know, I don't want you to sit back and think if things are go, aren't going right, that that is not your season, that you're just um, like you're stuck in mud or stuck in quicksand. No, it can, 
easily be fixed. You can pray to our Heavenly Father. Stop what you're doing. Get in a quiet place and just pray. And the Lord will, he will respond to you. You know, you just have to be patient on his timing. You know, his timing can come when you're in the middle of a grocery store. You're in the checkout line. He can tell you, you can be uh, in your sleep, in a dream. Our Heavenly Father will come to you. You just have to continue to have that open open dialogue. You have to be open. You have to be ready. In order to do that, sometimes you have to separate yourselves from those who are constantly putting those negative thoughts in your head, putting those um, pessimistic ways. You know, you, you, have to, you have to be accountable for your life. It is up to you. You have a life to live and you have a job and your job is to honor our Heavenly Father. He gives us a choice. You can go by the way of the world, but or you can listen to our Heavenly Father, and you will get the best results by listening to our Heavenly Father. Well, I thank you for, for joining us, and, um, and I pray and I hope to talk and speak with you soon. We'll be on the lookout for new episodes of Moment of Truth. Well, thank you, and God bless. It don't feel bad. I kind of like it, said Mary. I knew you would. Do you want to smoke these last two rocks with me tonight? Said Uncle Pete. Sure. But will it affect me going to work on Monday? Asked Mary. You've got to finish celebrating tonight. And you got all Sunday to rest. So Mary and Uncle Pete stayed up all night until dawn celebrating. At 9 a.m. that morning, Tamika went and knocked on Mary's bedroom door. Good morning. Are you going to make your special breakfast like you used to every Sunday? Said Mika. I don't feel good this morning. Could you ask your dad? I promise I will make it up to you. Said Mary. He's not here. He was gone when I woke up. But it's okay. Me and Bradley can eat cereal and milk instead. Okay, maybe this afternoon we can jump rope, said Mary. You promise? Yes, and we can make cookies as well, said Mary. I can't wait, said Mika as she closed the door to Mary's bedroom. There was another knock at the door. This time it was Tamika and Bradley. Are you ready to play now, said Tamika. Oh, shit, what time is it, asked Mary. It's four o'clock. Are you still sleeping, said Tamika. I'll take you outside, Tamika. Mary has a big day tomorrow, said Bradley. Thanks, guys. I will make it up to both of you. When I get my first paycheck, I will take you all to the movies. Wow, thanks. You're my favorite cousin in the whole wide world, said Bradley and Tamika at the same time as they closed Mary's bedroom door. Mary went back to sleep two hours later. Mary finally got up out of the bed and she shuffled to the restroom. She knew what a hangover felt like, but this was a hundred times worse. Her breathing was erratic and she was afraid. Plus, she could not remember every detail from the night before. She knew she had been partying with Uncle Pete, 
So she called his cell phone. Hey, Unc, what you doing? Oh, nothing, baby girl. I'm at work. I've been here since 8 a.m. How are you? I asked Uncle Pete. Not so good. My head is killing me. And my feet and my heart feels funny. I don't know what to do. You'll be fine. I have a solution for you. Go in my bedroom and in my top drawer under my socks is a small rock. You can smoke that with the pipe I left on the kitchen counter. I promise you will feel better afterwards. But I can't talk much longer. My boss said get off the phone. I will see you when I get off work around 8, 8.30 this evening. Love you. Bye-bye, said Uncle Pete as he hung up the phone. Mary didn't get a chance to say much at all. All she could do was listen when she hung up the phone. She went to his bedroom like he told her and got the crack out of his sock drawer. Next, she headed to the kitchen to get the glass pipe, and there was Tamika sitting and watching Bradley make cookies. So Mary walked by to both of them to grab the pipe that was on the counter, just like Uncle Pete had told her. But before she could do so, Bradley stared her right in the eyes with a look of sadness and disappointment because he knew in his mind exactly what Mary was about to do with the little glass pipe. Mary picked up the pipe along with the crack and headed to her car to do as her uncle had suggested. While in the car, she prayed and told God that this would be her final time using drugs and that she wanted relief from all the pressures of life and the symptoms that she was feeling. After two hits of the pipe, there was no more crack, but Mary was feeling normal again. She felt so great that she got her clothes ready for her first day of work. And she even made dinner for everyone, spaghetti and meatballs. It was Tamika's favorite. Mary went to bed early that night so she could get up early the next morning. At 7.30 a.m., she woke up and she felt awful, the same as she did the previous morning. But she jumped out of bed anyway and headed towards the shower. While taking off her underwear, she noticed a green discharge. It should have been a sign along with the burning and itching she had since sleeping with the fat, nasty Italian man. But she ignored it and continued getting ready for work. She put on clean clothes and got in her car and drove to her new job. On the way there, she prayed to God, asking for his love in a Bible verse that her grandma used to read, popped into her head. Proverbs 3, 6. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. After she finished her prayer, she got out of the car and walked directly to the bakery when she waited on Charlie, the manager. Chapter 3, SOS. Charlie got there a short time later 
and complimented Mary for being early in her neat appearance. Here are your mandatory uniform accessories, said Charlie as she handed Mary a bag with the hairnet and the apron inside. Follow me. I want to introduce you to the manager of the bakery. His name is John. He's a nice guy. Just don't get on his bad side. Oh, good morning, John. Morning, Charlie. And who is this young lady that you have with you, replied John. Her name is Mary. She's your new trainee. And I think she's going to be a great addition to the bakery team. Well, I hope so. The last few people that you hired were really stupid and lazy, said John. Oh, I have a good feeling about this one, John. Why don't you introduce her to the rest of the crew, said Charlie. Okay, no problem. Follow me, honey. Let's meet the other inmates, John jokingly replied. Don't mind, John. He's not a morning person. But he's a real sweetheart underneath that thick head of his. I will be at my office. Don't hesitate to come and get me if you need any assistance. Charlie explained to Mary as she walked towards the front of the store. Thanks again for the opportunity, Miss Charlie. I won't let you down, said Mary as she followed behind, behind John. That's Mike. He runs the mixer. I think he smokes drugs. But Charlie never drug tests anyone in this place, said John as he was pointing across the room to the middle-aged guy with the dark hoodie over his head. Oh, and this is Beverly. Everyone calls her Bev. And did I mention she is such a whore? She sleeps with most of the customers here. Least, last and least of all, here's Vicky. I actually like her. She's a great worker, except for the fact she's a huge kleptomaniac. I won't let her near the cash register, said John, pointing at both the ladies. I'll have you working with Vicky and learning how to bake bread. Have you ever baked anything in your life, honey? Said John, very sarcastically. Yes, actually, my grandmother taught me everything that she knew before she died, replied Mary. Well, forget all that stuff, honey. We will teach you better ways to do everything, said John. Mary was really upset with John speaking ill towards the one person who actually cared about her, which was her grandmother. But she didn't say anything. Instead, she went with, Vicky to introduce herself. Hi, Vicky. I'm Mary. You're supposed to teach me how to bake bread today. Mary said as she introduced herself to Vicky. Yes, follow me. We need to go to the supply room. We can grab all of the ingredients that we need for the day, replied Mickey. Vicky, along with Mary, had been working very hard that morning. Look at the time, girl. It's time for lunch, said Vicky. The time goes by really quickly here. I love this job already, Mary replied with a smile. 
That's good. I'm happy you like it. We'll meet me back here in 45 minutes. It's 12.15 now. At 1 o'clock, we can finish the bread, said Vicky. That's fine. I'm going to go out to my car and eat the spaghetti and meatballs that I made last night for supper, Mary said as she walked out of the front door. Mary got in her car and immediately she felt sick. And she knew that she needed more crack to ease the pain. But she tried to ignore the feeling. By eating her spaghetti. Then Mary remembered Uncle Pete's glass pipe was still in the ashtray from the night before. So she pulled it out and lit it up and inhaled very deeply what was left of the crack rock that Uncle Pete had given her. It was 12.55 and it was time to get back to work. So Mary sprayed a little perfume to hide the stale smell of the illegal drugs. As she clocked back in from lunch at the employee time machine, Mike, the other baker, gave her the side eye, but he did not say anything to Mary. Mary continued working with Vicky for the rest of the day, and she was feeling much more energetic and talkative since coming back from lunch. Mary even felt comfortable mentioning her past as she moved from Atlanta and how she used to sing in a choir as a kid. Vicky and Mary hit it off pretty good, and at 5 o'clock, everyone in the bakery punched out on the employee time clock and headed home. On the way home, Mary drove by the local college campus and fantasized about being a student there. But the bright red light on the dashboard that her gas tank was empty came on and interrupted her fantasy about getting a real education. She did not want to call Uncle Pete and ask him for money since he had given her the $200 to move down to Opelika. Mary then drove to the closest gas station with the orange and blue sign and cut her car off. She waited a while before she decided to get out and ask the people walking into the gas station for money to buy enough gas to get home. After asking more than a few people, an older black man in a Cadillac signaled Mary over to his car. What seems to be the problem, sugar butt? The name's Red. I'm stranded and I ran out of the gas on my way home from work. Do you think you could spare me $20? That will really help me out, Mary replied. Yeah, no problem. But I don't have it with me. Come on and ride with me to the ATM. You can leave your car here. It's right around the corner, said Red as he opened up the passenger door. When they arrived at the bank, he got out of the car and took his keys. Mary couldn't listen to any music, so she just prayed to Jesus and asked him to protect her. When Red got back in the car, Mary asked him his name and he replied, you can call me Red. What about you? What is your name? Oh, you can call me Jazz, Mary replied. 
Mary noticed Red had brought back from the bank five shiny brand new $20 bills. So how much do you really need, Miss Jazz? Asked Red. All of it, Mary said jokingly. Red explained, you can have it all when you give me head. Mary nodded in agreement, and Red drove behind the fast food restaurant. Once he stopped the car, he laid back his seat and unbuckled his pants. Mary took off her apron and work shirt and leaned into his penis, placing it in her mouth while she stroked the shaft. When Red was about to ejaculate, he grabbed and held onto Mary's head forcefully. You want to make this money, right? Red whispered. When he let her head go, Mary opened up the passenger door and spit out the semen. Red was pulling up his pants. After she closed the door, he handed her the $100 cash. Mary counted the money and put it in her purse. After that, Red drove back to the gas station to drop Mary off at her car. But before she got out of the car, he handed her a business card and said, Call me if you're around. Mary said, Okay. And nodded in agreement as she went back to her car. She paid for her gas, then thought about a stiff drink to help her relax and get the taste of semen out of her mouth. Mary drove by bars near the college campus and saw one with lots of people going in, so she parked her car and walked inside. When she got in, she saw they had happy hour specials and ordered two shots of tequila and a Mexican beer. The bartender didn't recognize her, so he asked to see her ID. What's your major? The bartender asked while handing Mary back her ID. Excuse me? No, I'm not a student here, but I wish I was. You never know what the future holds, the bartender said while handing Mary her drinks. Mary smiled and gave him a $10 bill. As Mary sipped the beer that she had just brought, her phone rang, and it was her Uncle Pete. Are you okay? He asked her. I'm fine. I just made a stop before heading home, Mary replied. Oh, okay, well, I cooked dinner. Some pork chops, some green beans, and cornbread. Sounds good. I'll be there shortly. Bye-bye, Uncle Pete. Mary replied while she hung up the phone. Mary continued enjoying her drinks and looking around at all of the college kids having fun that night. Then she noticed a female across the bar staring at her. Mary politely smiled and the female walked over and introduced herself to Mary. Hi, I'm Sarah, she said, 
as she held out her hand to greet Mary. My name is Jazz. How are you doing tonight? Replied Mary. I'm just finished taking the test, and now I'm here to have a drink to celebrate, said Sarah as she smiled at Mary. That's good. I'm also celebrating my new job, replied Mary. Well, can I buy you another drink, Sarah, Sarah? Yes. I can have one more, then I have to go home right after, replied Mary. Sarah ordered two Long Island iced teas to try and spend more time talking with Mary. But Mary drank her Long Island iced tea very quickly, and she wrote down her phone number. Give me a call sometime. It's getting late, and I have to get home to get some rest. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things that were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended not. God created everything, you know, just... It started off, hmm? Yes, including dark and light, yes. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Yes, God created the light and the dark. So we're just going to keep it at God created everything, all things. So one of the, you know, miracles we all know Jesus did was turning water in the water water into wine so that's john chapter two you can turn to chapter two and i'll start with um verse three and then they wanted wine the mother of jesus said unto them they have no wine jesus said unto her woman what have i to do with thee mine hour is not yet come his mother said unto the servants whatsoever he said unto you do it and there were, there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. And Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and he knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then which is worse? But thou hast kept the wine good until now. This, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. So this is when people started believing that Jesus was actually Jesus. Like who was, you know, you know, the 
prophets before had wrote about Jesus. Like, there's a man coming of God, uh, born of a virgin. You know, everybody knew the story. Everybody around the world knew the story of Jesus was coming. But when he came, people didn't want to believe it. So he actually had to do things, miracles from God to actually show, yes, I am Jesus. I'm the one you've been waiting for all this time. And so... Um, that was just the start of what Jesus had to do to kind of prove to all of us that he is really the son of God. Chapter 3 is about Nicodemus. He a ruler of the Jews. And um, he knows that he is the, you know, teacher of God. He came here and he was saying why you should be born again. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That right there just tells us you have to be born again. You have to take Jesus um, into you, accept him as your Lord and Savior. Um, That's most important because we all want to go to heaven. We all want to have God's grace um, with us. So you got to take it. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? So he's just trying to tell him this is how you uh, become baptized. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. You got to be born again. You got to accept Jesus into your life. And it's really bringing the knowledge, you know, it's just bringing awareness and knowledge from God of what is good and what is right to do. Once you accept the spirit, you're going to start noticing that, oh, that's temptation. I better stay away from that. You're going to start noticing that the Holy Spirit is going to guide you and tell you, uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't go there with those people. Maybe I need to do this instead. The Holy Spirit will start telling you. And you're just going to start knowing because you accepted Jesus into your heart that your heart just going to start changing for the better. You're just going to start um Just learning what's good, what should I be doing? How can I help myself? How can I help others? Um, How can I stay away from those temptations, drugs and sex and alcohol and things like that? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. For everyone that doeth evil haveth the light, neither come to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Everybody got the light of God. It's up to you if you're going to take it, if you're going to use it, understand it. Um, but some people just don't want to come into the light, don't want to come into Jesus because of fear that they're, Everything, their sins and everything that they do that's not right is going to be exposed. But that's minute compared to the glory of God and what he has in store for your life. So 
It's like, even though you say, oh, well, I'm a sinner, I can't go over there. Don't worry about that <coughs> because it's so much more in store for you just by accepting and bringing him into your life. We thank you, Lord Jesus, just for coming and dying on the cross for yours and mine sin. I like to say thank you that we will all stay on the path that you have provided. Yeah. I would like to say thank you just for all of us being healthy and waking up each and every morning and that we will do your will and that we will stay on your path. I would like to please pray for anyone who is in need of you, who is hungry, who is sleeping on the streets, that they may seek your face and find you. Uh, just anyone with sickness, uh, let, let them be healed in your name, Jesus.